jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive, and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to get involved. Phone lines open for the first 90 minutes of the show. And then at 1.30, we're going to have Tim Benz, SU guy on, now working at ESPN Radio in Pittsburgh. He will join us at 1.30 as we continue to preview Syracuse and Pitt heading into the weekend. We do have to get to our, our weekly picks segment. Seth's already talking trash before the, the show even started. I was not. Feeling I would pretty never, good about yourself. I would never do that. I said, don't get cocky. I've, I've had three winning re- weeks in a row. And, and, and you said, I have too. Right. But you said it with like this condescending I, look, smirk just, on your face. I, I just like to point out that I've also had. No I've, need I've to had, point it out. We know who's winning. I have not winning. had three, three winning re- weeks in a row. I've had four winning weeks in a row. See? See? Talking trash. <laughs> You're talking trash. Um, but I do want to spend a good portion um, of the show talking SU football. Big game tomorrow for so many reasons. And I know that you're not all that excited about this particular matchup, okay? So I tried to. I'm excited about things that could come out of this matchup, right? But not... you don't want to talk about this game. So I tried to think of all right, what can we talk about to start the show that doesn't have to do specifically with this game? And so this okay. is what I came up with, Seth. So what do we do when the schedule comes out? What do we do before every season? We look at the schedule, and we go down the list, and we put the games into three categories, generally, right? Games, Syracuse should win or probably win. Games, Syracuse should lose, probably lose, and then toss-up games. Okay? So if we go back to the beginning of the season, is it fair to say that there were three games in the should-win column, probably-win column? Western Michigan, Wagner, UConn. And that was it. Absolutely. And that was it. Yes. Three games. I agree with that statement. The probably lose column consisted of, and we can debate about Florida State, but I'm going to put Florida State in the probably lose column. Okay? Sure. Before we saw them play. This is before the season started. So I put Florida State in the probably lose column, Clemson, Notre Dame, and I threw NC State in there as well. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that when, when you mentioned Florida State, we do have to remember that we thought they would at least be respectable. We thought they would be down, right. but not think, this down. We we probably didn't think of them as a top 25 team. I think we both took issue with that when the AP poll came out, but I think we both expected them to still be respectable and good to the point where that would be an upset if Syracuse had won that game and then Syracuse won that game and it clearly was not an upset. All right, toss-up column. Pittsburgh, UNC, Wake, BC, Louisville. You fine with that? Before the season started. Before the season, yeah. Okay. So, win the games you're supposed to win, that's three. Lose the games you're supposed to lose. And then split the toss-up games, which is right where we were with our expectations, right? 
Steve said six wins in a bowl game. I said Seth five. said five. I did. And that's you can't. And I would be and I would be very happy if they got to my win total this weekend. You can't split a toss-up game in half, so we were right there. If you give them two of the toss-up games, they're at five. You give them three of the toss-up games, they're at six. Makes sense, right? Okay, let's fast forward to today. Let's recalibrate expectations, knowing obviously that five games are already in the books and Syracuse is five and one. The rest of the games on the schedule, let's put them into these three columns. Okay. Pittsburgh should win. Agreed. UNC should win. And the, the important thing with this is don't overthink it. Just gut reaction. Pittsburgh and UNC should win. NC State, I'll leave as a toss-up. So I bumped that down a grade. Uh, At Wake Forest, I'll say should win. Ooh, okay. Louisville at home should win. Notre Dame, probably still a should lose. And Boston College, a toss-up. Okay. The only difference we had on my list, I had Wake as a toss-up, not as a should win. Because it's on the road. That's that's what I was going with, is is do I leave that as a toss-up only because it's on the road? But I I think Syracuse is is better than Wake Forest. And if I think Syracuse is, is, if I'm using that logic, where I think that Syracuse is just flat out better against Pittsburgh, and I'm not saying it's a toss-up only because it's on the road, then I'm going to use that same logic with Wake Forest. I think that Syracuse is just flat out better. Right? I, I, I don't know that they are... I don't know that the talent levels right now are close. I think they are just the better team. So I'm not going to use the logic of, well, the road doesn't really matter with the Pittsburgh game and say that it does with the Wake Forest game, so I'll, I'll throw them both in the same category. Wake Forest, by the way, 3-2, and two, wins over Tulane, Towson, and Rice. So they've beaten nobody. And the losses uh, by a touchdown at home to Boston College, 41-34, and they got crushed by Notre Dame, 56-27. So Wake Forest, 3-2. and two. And they play Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville between now and when Syracuse goes down there. The point of this exercise is it goes back to something we talked about a little while while ago. Uh, did a I couple just say they're going to win eight games? You just did, yeah. So <laughs> with the, with two toss ups to get that's them to why nine I said or don't 10? overthink it because I don't want you to start adding up in your head. Well, oh my God, up to seven, I'm up to eight. Okay. And, and that's the point is when we recalibrate the expectations, and we talked about this. It was a week or two ago when we said, would you sign up for seven wins right now? And I said no. And this is precisely why I said no. I said yes on that one. So I'm I'm just hitting all of these. Because if you look at, again, just knee-jerk reaction, which game should they win? You're up to seven, not even including the Wake Forest game, which you know, you're know you on the fence about whether that's a should win or a toss-up. So even if you take that out of the should win category, you're talking about seven wins. And then you're talking about four in the toss-up category. So what do we do with toss-up games? You give them half wins and half losses. You're, that's nine games. Now I'm not. I'm not saying they are. You know they should win nine games or anything less than that is a disappointment. But do you understand this exercise, Seth? Like when you look at it, nine games. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but nine games is very realistic. It's not only possible; it's realistic. Assuming they go take care of business this weekend. Right, but as of right now, the game hasn't been played yet. So as we see things right now, we recalibrate expectations. I agree with you. This is a game they should win. North Carolina is a game they should win. So is Louisville. And if, you know, I know a couple of our listeners took issue with, well, Syracuse is not in a position to have any games right now that they should win. I would disagree with that. I think they are better than Pitt. I think they are better than North Carolina and Louisville. Certainly, both of those games are inside the Dome. So of those three, 
I think Pittsburgh might be the most difficult because they like to run the ball. They play solid defense by and large, and Syracuse has struggled to play there. The other two are at home. I think Syracuse should definitely beat North Carolina. I think Syracuse should beat Louisville. And yeah, I think they're better than Pittsburgh. So if if some of our listeners disagree with us, by all means, give me a call because I'd love to talk about this at 315-437-7644. But if you go by where we stand right now, not only is it possible, I think there is a good chance this team wins eight or nine games. They haven't won nine games since 01. Last good and, team. How many right, times do we keep coming right. back to that? And and I, I don't mean that as – I don't say that as a way of saying it can't happen. I say that as a way of putting in perspective what this season could be, right? What What is on the table for this season. That That's why I bring that up. Not saying, oh, well, they haven't done it in 17 years, so that clearly means they're not going to do it. No, I, I I say they haven't won nine games since 2001 to show you that if they win nine games, that's a really big deal, right? That's a that's a really big deal for this program to reach nine or ten wins, um, you know, with the potential of a bowl game to, to get that extra one. I, I Yeah, I, I think it's on the table. I, I mean, I, I didn't a couple weeks ago because I, I was still looking at, at what I had the expectations of prior to the season where I said five and and to say to jump from five to eight after two weeks of the season or three weeks of the season to me uh, was a little bit much. But you know what? After seeing them the first four weeks go out and win and win rather convincingly in each of those four, four games uh, outside of one quarter at Western Michigan to see what they did at Clemson and, and the game that they put on the field and, and on tape down there in Death Valley. Yeah, there's no reason why eight wins shouldn't be on the table. There's no reason why talking big about this team shouldn't be on the table. Do you have any issue now with that question from a couple weeks back when I said, you know, would you sign up for seven wins? And you said, absolutely. Would you do it today? Would you sign up for seven wins? See, here's the thing. I I still understand what you're saying, and and I understand why you wouldn't want to sign up for seven because then it, it limits you on the top end. I still think that at the time that was a fair answer. No, it simply, was. I'm asking because, you. We're recalibrating right. today. No, no, no. I, I know that, but I, I, I think that it was, it was still a fair answer given the, given the circumstances and, and really given the history of the program. Um, you know, I, I just said nine wins isn't to say that they, you know, nine wins in in one isn't to say that they hadn't done it. But you know, seven wins, eight wins with a bowl game is isn't something that they've reached a lot over that seventeen win period. It's not like they're constantly knocking at the door of seven, eight wins. I, I mean, they've been bad. So I, I still think that after three weeks to come out and say, yeah, like seven wins, take it, sign up, absolutely. You know, is a fair statement. Now, obviously, when you have four already in your back pocket, you. You know, you've got Pitt and North Carolina that could get you up to six, and then you've got a Louisville game at home that gets you up to seven, and you think that you're going to get to seven no matter what. And I also think that that Wake Forest game is 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 a should win and very winnable. And oh, by the way, like you could go beat an NC State because that's in your own building. Then yeah, you probably wouldn't want to sign up for that. But three weeks ago, I th- I, I think it was fair to sign up for that. Now, before people call and and suggest that Syracuse shouldn't win these three games against Pitt, North Carolina, and Louisville. Let me just kind of throw out the, the resumes of these three teams. I could, By the way, yeah. I could understand if you said they shouldn't win at Pitt simply for the fact of we, we haven't seen them be a good road team, right? And, and, and I can understand that. But they also have played eight ga- eight quarters on the road this year, and seven of them have been very good. Uh, six of them, six have been, of them, yeah. six of them have been excellent. Seven of them have been very good. Uh, you know, when when you look at 
uh, what they've done on the road this year. I could understand if you were a little more hesitant on the Pitt game. The North Carolina and the Louisville game, there's no reason to to dispute that Syracuse should win those two. All right, Pittsburgh has beaten Albany, Georgia Tech, both at home, got blown out by Penn State and Central Florida, and lost a close game to North Carolina. Okay, two and three, they, they rank second to last in the ACC in passing offense. So if they're going to win this game tomorrow, it's going to be with Quadriolis and on the ground, and it's it's going to be that that rushing attack. They've also that's going got to get like one of the worst special teams in the country. Right, and Syracuse happens to have among the best, if not the best, in, in certain categories. So I think Pitt is a should win. North Carolina, 1-3 on the year. Lost the opener by a touchdown to Cal. Lost at East Carolina 41-19. Had their game with Central Florida postponed because of the hurricane. Then beat Pittsburgh at home 38-35. Lost at Miami 47-10. North Carolina on a bye week. Tar Heels are 1-3. Louisville, 2-3 on the season. Got crushed by Alabama in the opener. Okay, fine, it's Alabama. Uh, Beat Indiana State the next week 31-7. That game was tied 7-7 at the half. Beat Western Kentucky the following week 20-17. Scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to avoid the upset. Western Kentucky missed a field goal in the final play of the game. Could have forced overtime. Lost at Virginia the following week, got killed, 27-3, and then lost to Florida State 28-24 in a game that went right down to the wire. Louisville 2-3. and three. Tell me that Syracuse shouldn't win those three games. And then, you know, Carolina and Louisville are at home. I'm not going to. I'm not saying you in particular, but I know some people took issue with us saying, you know, well, how, how can you say that Syracuse should win any games, especially in the ACC? They're not, they're not a program that's, you know, right now in a position to say that about anyone, maybe, you know, save for Wagner or UConn. See, I think I, he came up, didn't it come up during the UConn I week? I think he did. And we and said I, Syracuse should win this game, and people said, well, hang on. Syracuse isn't good enough to, you know, that, that they should beat anyone. No, no I, they, I, they should. I will say, I think I understand that coming into the season. I think I understand that thought coming into the year. I think that I understand that coming off, uh, e- even to an extent, going into the UConn game. We, not, not too we've much. just seen them destroy Florida I know. State. No, 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 I know. Uh, well, no, but not the, sorry, not the UConn game because of the Florida State game was the week before. I understand that thought coming into the year where fine. you're like, hey, yes, fine. That, that's not a position Three where and nine, where four Syrac- and eight, four right. and eight. I get Syracuse it. Syracuse shouldn't be in this position. Middle Tennessee State last year. I <laughs> right. get it. But after after the Florida State game last year, uh, this year specifically, I don't think that you can say that because Florida State was the team that even though they're a bad team, they've still got the talent. And how much time did we talk about this? before and after that game, where they're still incredibly talented and they're still, um, they, they've still got the four- and five-star athletes on that team. So when you you look at that Florida State game, the fact that Syracuse beat them anyway and took care of business and beat a team that's bad and down and just kicked them into the dirt, uh, it makes me think that they can do that with any other bad team, right? And so Pitt is not good. UNC is not good. Uh, Louisville is not good. I don't think Wake is very good. So if you can go and you can just do what you did against Florida State, which is take care of business, kick a team when they're down, and push them farther into the into the dirt, then you've got to do that. And and that Florida State game, to me, proved that they could, which I think is something that we haven't seen in previous years. You've seen Syracuse play games against teams that aren't very good, and they let them hang around, and they let them take leads, and they don't give like that that final... Uh, that final kill shot when they have the opportunity. And so I think that Florida State game, specifically for me, changed a lot of perceptions to the point where now in ACC games, I will say, yeah, they should win tomorrow. They should win in two weeks when they're back here in the Dome. They should win that Louisville game later this season. 
I said six and six was a fair expectation before the season started, provided Eric Dungy stays healthy. Six and six in a bowl game, fair expectation. Do you think, and, and just because you brought up that caveat, do you think things change if Eric Dungy gets hurt? Yes. You know how I feel about this. I think Tommy DeVito is going to be great. I think he's a redshirt freshman right now. I think it does change. It's the ACC. Now, is that to say he can't come in and, and win games? We saw him you know, come in and, and play well against Florida I, State. I mean, I think Tommy DeVito can beat UNC. Yes. I, I'm not saying they're going to go 0 for November if Eric Dungy gets hurt again. Not saying that at all. You said, does it change things? Yes, it does. I, I mean, there is a, a learning curve, you know, learning on the job. He came in. He was great against Florida State. He's a redshirt freshman. If he if you put him in there tomorrow and he played the rest of this schedule, would he win as many games as Eric Dungy? My guess is no. Probably lose one that you would think they would win. So getting back to what I was going to say, and it's and that's a fair question, Seth. Um, but I yes, I do think expectations change, and that is not a knock against Tommy DeVito. That is simply that you have a senior quarterback who has been in the program for four years and been in this system three years, and he is your starter. He is your leader. You want him out there, obviously, and I think things change if you have to go to the redshirt freshman. I said before the season, 6-6 six and six in a bowl game, fair expectation if Eric Dungy stays healthy. And I'm telling you today, on October 5th, that eight wins is a fair expectation. They've got four. There are three more on this schedule that I think, and I think you think, they should win. Pitt, UNC, North, or, uh, Pitt, UNC Louisville. And then there are three toss-up games in my mind, Wake, BC, NC State. I'll even I'll even have NC State go into the loss column just for the sake of being conservative on this. And then say you split the other two, which is what you do with toss-up games. You split them. You give them one. You give them the Wake game. They lose BC. That is eight wins. That is a fair expectation. And I can't believe that this early in the season you're willing to make that proclamation. Yeah, I'm right. surprised by that, but I I'm I don't feel like that's aggressive at all. And I'm not saying anything less than 8 is a disappointment. I'm simply saying I think that is a fair expectation, and I think there's a decent chance they get 9 after we went through this exercise. And I can't believe I, based that. On, based I can't on, believe where we started and how this season started, you know, before we knew anything. To, to think that in early October we would be saying, yeah, eight or nine wins. Yeah, I could I could see them doing that. To, to me, that is very eye-opening. Yeah, I uh, if I go based on what you said and how you broke that down, I've got them at nine. Right. Right, because I, I have Wake Forest in that extra category, and then I say split BC and, and NC State. And I, I think NC State, at, given that it's at home, feels more winnable than Boston I threw College it in the, I threw it in the toss-up column, right. but I, NC State's good. It's not a should win, but that feels like it, it feels somewhere between should win and toss-up, if that makes any sense, right? Like If there's like this winnable column in yeah. there. I, no, I, I get where you're there, coming from. Yeah. I feel a little more strongly than just straight toss-up pick them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's pretty remarkable that here on October 5th, to your point, this early in the season, relatively, we're, we're at the midway point, but... At this point in the year, not only are we saying, yeah, they're going to go to a bowl game, duh, obviously. We're we're just looking and, and saying, yeah, they can do a lot more than just go to a bowl game. They can do a lot more than just take that next step forward. It's a fun thing to talk about. And this is my point from yesterday as well, is that you know we think it, right? We, we, we believe we see a change and a difference, and it, logically speaking, Eight wins make sense. Nine wins make sense. But I guarantee you, and I, I and I'm guilty of it right now too. I'm thinking to myself, really, really, can they really win eight games? Can they really win nine games? Logically, it makes a lot of sense from a logical standpoint. But then when you go back to, 
well, look at their track record since 2001. And I know there are fans out there thinking the same thing, like, hold your horses. You know, guys, it's they're 4-1. and one, They're a long way from 8 or 9. They are, but they aren't. But when you look at it logically, 8 or 9 makes a lot of sense. Right. 315-437-7644. We've got to take our first time out. Phone lines open for the next hour or so. Tim Benz from ESPN Radio in Pittsburgh joins us at 1.30. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. Big game on the docket tomorrow for the SU football team on the road at Heinz Field. 12-20 kick against Pittsburgh. And again, we know the storylines. Syracuse has not won at Heinz Field since 2001. They're 3-13 and against the Panthers since then. So it isn't even just Heinz Field. They have not been good against Pittsburgh in the last 17 years. That's incredible. Pittsburgh's been better. Yeah, no. They, Pittsburgh's not better there's, anymore. There's nothing else there, right? There's nothing else that, that you need to wonder about. It's just been that Pittsburgh has been better. It's not... It's not some magical rivalry thing. It's not some like fluky things have happened. I think it it, it is literally just they're so much better over mainly because Syracuse has been bad. Syracuse hasn't been five and one since nineteen ninety nine. It's a long time. You know, I looked this up last week, Steve, when you were out. Syracuse will have a chance to clinch bowl eligibility. At the end of uh, at the by October before 20th, the end right? of right before the end of October is is the point here, and they've only had this uh, the last time they had the opportunity to do that was uh, 2011 when they beat West Virginia on the 21st, and that gave them five wins. They obviously wouldn't win again. They also did it on the uh, in 2010 when they clinched bowl eligibility on ten, on uh, on October 30th. So this would be, you know, th- this is something that, that Syracuse hasn't really had the chance to do all that much. Now, they haven't really gone to bowl games all that much in that time span. But you're talking about getting bowl eligibility within your first seven games? I mean, that's, uh, that's you know, that's not something that Syracuse football typically does. No, and it's very much on the table. Very much on the table. Two games that we both think Syracuse should win. Uh, let's get to uh, the keys to victory. That we do every week, powered by Drivers Village. Uh, what do you think Syracuse needs to do to to come out with a win tomorrow? I think it's really, I think really simply, it's contain the running game. Yeah, I, I think that Quadri Olison is going to have a really big uh, game because that's kind of what they've got. Like I, I don't know that Pitt's got more than that running game, and and so um, I know last year we saw that. Once they started going to Travis Etienne more, and once they started going to him on a more regular basis, um, he, Tavian Feaster, they they started to kind of tear up the Syracuse defense. So can SU's defense contain Olison at all? And and I think that's really the key because I don't I don't worry about Kenny Pickett. I don't, I don't worry about him in the passing game. Syracuse has to keep their eye on uh, on Olison though, and if they can't keep him in check, then it could be a problem. Uh, but then again, I I mean, it's also the running game. And, and in 2018, can you lose a game where you're only getting torn apart by the running game? I mean, I guess last, did weekend, last, week. last weekend, we yeah. last weekend the, the answer was yes. But I also don't think Quadri Ellison is quite as good as Travis Etienne. So, so what's the trade-off? 
But I do think that's the matchup to watch. I, I think that Syracuse's defense has to try and contain the run, and, and that's got to be what they're looking at. I don't think there's any question about that. I, I do a, a keys to victory segment for, for Channel 9. I always do three keys every week, and that was my number one key. It's it's you know containing Quadri Olison and, and what he can do. And I mean, he, he can produce big games. I mean, he went over 100 yards against Penn State. I mean, obviously they lost and lost big, but he did that against a nationally ranked opponent. He scored a couple of touchdowns in the win over Georgia Tech. I think you could make the case, Seth, that, that last week in that Clemson game that it was almost a blessing in disguise for Clemson when Trevor Lawrence got hurt. And again, you, you don't want to see your starting quarterback go out with injury. But what I mean by that is they were forced to go to the run. And I, I'm not sure they would have been as committed to the run if Trevor Lawrence was out there in that big arm of his. Yeah. And they had to go to the run. You look at that final drive. They marched 94 yards, 13 plays. 12 of those plays were rushing plays. The only pass was when they had to pass on fourth and six. And it was a, a terrific pass. Uh, to T. Higgins, and that that moved the chains, and and ultimately led to the to the game winning touchdown. We um, talk, we talked about this earlier in the week. I, yeah, I, I think you Clemson, can make that case. I thought Clemson should have been running the ball more, uh, even with Trevor Lawrence in. I, I think Travis Etienne is that good of a back that uh, Dabo Sweeney and and the Clemson offensive staff were doing their team no favors by not feeding him more. And you know, it it in a way it hurt Clemson to have Trevor Lawrence out of the game, and and it helped Syracuse because you knew that the passing guy. Uh, the, the quarterback back there wasn't a threat, but at the same time, Syracuse had a lot of trouble containing Travis Etienne and Tavian Feaster. And so uh, you watch that performance and you say it certainly helped that Trevor Lawrence went out because you weren't going to trust Chase Bryce, but it also put on tape that your run defense has this problem and that your run defense has this uh, this ability to give up the big play and, and this ability to give up yardage, which is interesting because we didn't really see that against Cam Akers. Earlier in the year, Cam Akers is as good as anybody uh, running the football in the ACC. Well, a lot of that had like, to do with the Florida State offensive it, it, line. Sure, uh, but it didn't seem like he ever really got going and didn't really break anything off. And that also probably has to do with the fact that they were behind the whole game. And it has to do with the Florida the State offensive, offensive line. line. I mean, that, that he, offensive line was atrocious. 10 carries for 52 no, yards. No, I, I understand like, your you point, know, but you know, where's even... he, if nobody's blocking for him, he can't do it by himself. That's fair. Um, you know, you mentioned you're not worried about the pit passing attack. I will say it again. Pittsburgh is second to last in the ACC in in passing offense. Uh, second to last, yeah, I, I'm sure you can guess who who's last in the conference uh, in passing, and that would be Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Um, so I thought they, they would be first. So they are only better than Georgia Tech in terms of passing, which which really means you're last. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> which really means you're last. Put the asterisks next to next to yes. that. Um, so you we not, do need that. Like what? Who who leads? Who has the most passing yards on average? Georgia Tech, Navy, Army, or Air Force? We need we need that ranking. And then we can take them out of their conference rankings. Can we just put the four of them in a conference together? Yeah, they can be in their own, they yeah, can be their in their own, own world. Their own little weird thing. So yeah, you're not worried about Pitt beating you through the air. Um you're worried about them, you know, grinding it out on the ground and shortening the game and, you know, playing good defense. Winning like you would in a, you know, a Big East conference game. That's how Pitt still wants to win with defense and running the football. Didn't we learn over the last 5 years that doesn't really doesn't really work, work in the ACC? No. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, we've learned that. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't yes, really we've work. Learned that. that doesn't really work in the ACC anymore. That's why Dino Babers is here and and the whole Scott Schaefer thing didn't work. He wanted to keep doing what they were doing, and you couldn't because the ACC is bigger, faster, and stronger. Faster, that's the key. Faster. But they Gotta also couldn't. They also couldn't push people around like they did. Right. 
Uh, a couple of the keys for this game, and and we've touched on them, and, and this is no surprise. But you mentioned special teams. You mentioned Pitt has you know arguably the worst special teams uh, unit in think, the country. I think metrically they do right. Statistically, uh, Syracuse has one of the best, and in some cases the best. Uh, Andre Schmidt leads the country in field goals per game. Sterling Hoffrichter is among the top ten nationally in several categories with punting. You saw Sean Sean Riley take one to the house against UConn, have two long punt returns against UConn. They are dangerous in all aspects. We've seen a block punt for a touchdown. Um, they're dangerous in all aspects of special teams. That is an edge that they need to take advantage of tomorrow. Uh, and the last one I'll say, and again, this sounds obvious, but it's important, and that's finished drives. Um Anytime you lose a close game, I think you look back on, man, I wish we could have had this playback or that playback. And certainly, Syracuse wishes it could have back the fourth and one with the illegal man downfield. Certainly. But you go back to the first quarter. The points in the first quarter count just as much as the points in the fourth quarter. And those two drives, especially the first one, when they had a promising drive and they had to settle for a field goal, those come back to bite you in a close game. And instead of 6 nothing, it could have been 14 nothing against Clemson, and you wonder if that would have changed the outcome of the game. I don't know. I mean, you can't just assume that, well, they you know they lost by four, so those extra eight points, they win the game. I'm not saying that. The game would have played out differently. Clemson's strategy would have been different. I get that. Um, but settling for three instead of seven twice in that first quarter came back to bite them. So finish drives. If you have, if you have a promising drive, Cash in with a touchdown, don't settle for a field goal. This sounded like the most coach-speak segment on radio, right? What are the three keys to this game that we just outlined? Contain Offense, the, defense, contain, special no, teams. No, no, no. Well, yes. It was. Yes, yes. But, <laughs> was. No, but even more specifically than that, more specifically than that, contain the run game, right? That is always, like, key number one of any coach. Contain the run game. And then it's like, let's finish drives. Let's let's do a good job. Get seven when we're down there in the red zone. Let's not get three. And then it's like, we got to be sharp on special teams. We can't have can't have miscues on special teams. That gives away points. Seth, you got to win all three phases. Got to win all three phases. Offense, fa- defense, yes. special teams. And if Syracuse does that, <laughs> they will win this game. Have you, have you ever heard of a team that has, has lost all three phases and won a game? That's a great question. Um, we got to ask. I think that has to be a question can, for the next time we have a football coach on. Can I say we saw it last week? Did we see it last oh, week? Wow, that's a good point. Defensively, I mean, Syracuse had four Syracuse sacks. Clemson better. had one. Yeah. But then, you know, except for the fourth quarter, but over the over the course of 60 minutes, yeah. would you say Syracuse defensively was better? Certainly special teams. Absolutely. Offense, teams. again, well, for... For most of the game, SU's offense was better. The fourth quarter was the was the exception. But, I mean, you could make a case that Clemson won that game just because of sheer talent at the end. They wore down Syracuse, and that Syracuse played the better game in all three phases. I was going to say it would have to be a team like that, right? It would, it would have to be a Clemson-like team or, or a team like the Patriots playing the Browns or, or whatever it is where you've just got such a talent disparity that— yeah, you could have a sloppy game on special teams and, like, Clemson did fumble a punt away and, and not return kicks because— you miss just a forget field goal. how to do it. Miss field goals. The whole the whole thing. Uh, you could, you know, yeah. I, I think, yeah. Clemson just had the talent to overcome it, and they started they started deciding to hand it to their super talented running back who couldn't do anything. Uh, who, who Syracuse couldn't do anything against, and they won. Yeah, that's a that's a good example. Right. I was not expecting that to be the. I when I when I you said asked that, the question, I, I gave you an answer. When I said that, I did not expect that to be the answer. We, I hadn't thought about. We that. We literally just saw it, Seth. But good point. 
Those are our keys otherwise, to victory. Otherwise, it was a great point. Powered by Drivers Village. we got to take a timeout. Phone lines remain open. 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio.